0: Morning, Joe Sports at five nine the fan Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. You're according to moneypuck.com. The odds to make the playoffs, Vancouver Canucks Ooh. are the only team at a hundred percent. Should change it after last night. Yeah, that was can't hold on
1: to lead, choking like dogs. Canucks, yeah.
0: it's not a lot of it's not very often you see three separate hat tricks in a single game. Uh, the Canucks are at a hundred percent, Panthers. Okay. percent. Dallas Stars 99.95. Winnipeg Jets also 99. Bruins 99. Avalanche 99. Rangers 99. Hurricanes 99. Oilers 98. Kings 97. Golden Knights 95.8. And the Toronto Maple Leafs at 92.6. Behind them, Tampa Bay Lightning at 88.4. But I was also. It was so. Yeah, Leafs the have, money
1: puck odds are funny in this. That teams will have worse chance to make a playoffs, but better chances to win a cup. It's very strange. The Leafs have better chance to make the playoffs than the Lightning, but to
0: win the cup, the the Lightning are at seven percent, maybe Leafs at five point nine. Can, can
1: I give you my theory on that? Okay, I, I guarantee you it's wrong because you know money puck. They're like a, a smart, learned website that use like actual like you know like formulas and stuff. But mm. I'm just looking at it and going. Yeah, if they if if well, hot, they're gonna sure. win the cup. But that's, that's kind of how I think. But that, that's why it's confusing because right. like
0: if a human being was doing the odds, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> that's, that's what I, I that's, assume. There's a
1: formula involved here.
0: Although, now I will I, say this.
1: Okay, give it to me.
0: Leafs just beat the Lightning in mm-hmm. a six game series.
1: I, I I I just saw the picture of John Tavares having scored the goal. I remember it very well.
0: Andrei Vasilevsky got outplayed mm-hmm. by Ilya Samsonov in that series. Andrei Vasilevsky started the season injured, coming off of surgery. He has returned. It's now a larger sample. Hasn't been good. Gave up four yeah, in Ottawa yesterday. Me. The save percentage is under 900. When you think about the possible first-round permutations, there's still one that exists that has the Leafs and Lightning in the first round, although it's unlikely, considering that it feels like one of the Bruins or the Panthers is g- going to be in that, that top three. Yeah. Uh, Mold in the Atlantic Division. Do you still view the Lightning as a team? Like now that you've slayed that one dragon, there's like just there's so many dragons, ginormous dragons hanging over the Toronto Maple Leafs. But there's one dead one.
1: Yeah, and it it was the
0: 2023 Tampa Bay
1: Lightning. Okay, I I do view it entirely differently, but dead is is a little too strong a term for me. They're going to be very wounded. It's like limping into battle. But if we're going to use the dragon analogy, it's like, guess what? Those things can s- still spit fire. Mm. And
2: that's, You know a
0: thing or two about dragons. So I'm a Game like, of Thrones guy. I was you just, are
1: the foremost Game of Thrones guy. No, I... I mean, like... In the building are, here? In the building, sure. But, like, just yeah, to be in clear, the world. there's bigger nerds than me, okay? No, but we that's just... quite a
0: statement. There's a lot of people that work in this building, and would you would you put no, your I Game guarantee... of bona fides against anybody okay, in this when building? Okay,
1: when we say in the building, are we talking about, like, sports people who talk into a microphone? Because if that's the case, then yeah. But, like... Come on. There's some nerds poking around who are like, "What about in the third chapter mm. of but that's you. No, I'm not. I don't read, the, read book. the book. I thought no, you no, did no. read the books. No, I listen to I listen to podcasts about episodes of people who have read the books. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's I I read I read the books the way like people watch the NBA now. It's like, "Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. <laughs> I, I saw the, a clip I saw I re- the tweet. I read an X script. okay? <laughs> so no, I have not read the books. But yeah, I do know a thing or two about dragons, okay? <laughs> By the way, House of Dragon coming back soon. I am excited. The But when I look at it, I think you have to look at the Lightning as if they get in, much like we've talked about with the Leafs, that it's going to be a team that's playing pretty good hockey to lead themselves into a playoff position. So do you look at them the same way as you did before? No. Have you slayed the Dragon? Yes. But if they are a team that gets into the playoffs, it's probably on the back of one or two of those guys playing extremely good hockey Mm. and probably, probably Andre Vasilevsky. Here's where
0: my brain went. Okay, there a non-zero possibility the Lightning are sellers. Well, Stephen Stamkos. We we don't
1: talk about this at all. It's just the captain of a franchise. Man, Victor Hedman only has one more year beyond this one. I mean, I have thoughts on this, but maybe we should ask someone who might know.
0: Oh, our insider? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You know the insider that's brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom? Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Are the people at Don Valley North Lexus going to be upset that I read their liner with a question voice? Maybe. I, I, I we'll find out. Uh, it's Frank Cervelli, president of hockey content for dailyfaceoff.com What's up, Frank?
2: I'm Ron Burgundy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Good job. Well done. Uh, All right. Now that we're here, how do you view the lightning? Because they, I mean, for. They're they're I mean, judging by their scale, they stink, right? And they're they're in a playoff spot right now and
2: it's a great scale. I mean, that's a scale I would like to step onto. Son. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Me too. In recent days. Same. It hasn't been a so good a heavyweights quote, by the for, way. Okay, nice. Um, yeah. Well, well, how do you view that team? Because yeah, they got the captain's free agent one more year. Victor Hedman, how do you view that team headed towards the deadline?
2: I mean, look, they're still firmly in a playoff spot. I know the Devils have games in hand, but they're leading in points percentage and they've scuffled a bit, you know, having haven't looked great since missing Mikhail Sergachev. And I just look at that team, though, and, and if they are fully healthy and, and I'm not saying they're going to go out and be a big spender at the deadline, but they're certainly interested, I think, in continuing to try and improve this team while they still have the pillars in place that they do. I mean, as special as this Austin Matthews season has been, which you guys are obviously engrossed in in Toronto, mm-hmm. how different has it been for Nikita Kucherov? Like, you could make the same argument in Tampa that you are about the Leafs at times, which is how could we possibly have a core this good and not continue to improve it?
1: We'll get into yeah. the Hart trophy stuff. With well, and it's like, you know, too. they like have memories of winning, you know, big shiny. Yeah, I know. They've actually gone yeah. out and done it. Is that amazing? It's an incredible thing. I didn't even know you were allowed to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, quickly, before we before we dive too much into the just get away from the lightning or the trade speculation part, you know, obviously deadlines fast approaching here and the hard stuff with Stamco's, you know, I'm just pulling up the lightning's kind of cap friendly page here. It looks like they're going to have 11, 12 million bucks to play with. They don't have like a ton of work to do beyond that. I mean, there are guys coming off the books, but they're not big money guys. Just your read on it, while we're you know ways away from thinking about this. Do you? I'll, I'll phrase it this way. Do you think there's any world where Stamkos isn't back as a, a as a Lightning or a Lightning on the Lightning next next year? Because it's just a I, Lightning is correct. I know it's that it sounds wrong. You I, would have to say a Leafs as yeah, well. I know I don't like it. A Leaf. I, that sounds much better. But the the when I look at it, do you think there's any world where Stamkos? ultimately ends up going somewhere else? Or do you see him just kind of eventually winding back at, at Tampa? Cause those were pretty stark con comments he had at the beginning of the season. And then we haven't really heard boo about it all year long.
2: Well, they were also pretty stark actions that he made a few years ago when he visited Toronto during the free agent period, mm-hmm. where did he end up? And then now add into Stanley cup since then, and a legacy of, you know, a career with not just a, you know, he's already probably going to end up with a retired number, but probably likely a hall of fame career. I'd be very surprised if Steven Stamkos is playing anywhere other than Tampa next year. And I think part of it is the lightning want to be in a spot where they have some flexibility to potentially make some other moves to surround him with more talent. And, and one name that has popped up in recent days is there are lots of teams that believe that, Noah Hannafin has indicated to the flames that Tampa is where he'd like to play. Mm. Now can Tampa pull off a trade for Hannafin? I, I I just don't know with what assets that's the problem. Mm. But if he is a free agent target of theirs, which you could see all of that coming together to improve that team, then you're, then you're suddenly saying to Stamkos, Hey, uh, look, the cap's increasing. We can, Sign Hannafin and and you can take a, this is just a pure hypothetical. You can take mm-hmm. a, you know, a discount on we'll sign you to a three year deal times six or whatever the number is five and a half to be able to make it all work. I think that's eminently possible.
1: Sorry. just one more on is the Stamkos? I don't know how I haven't thought about this before, but is that going to become the blueprint to a certain extent for Tavares next deal? I would think with so. The Leafs? Yeah.
2: Yeah, or I mean it's th- it should be a very similar type argument, right? Mm-hmm.
0: If only the Lightning could go back and get those first round picks back from the Tanner Janot deal,
1: then they'd have assets for the. hand. Yeah. I'm actually happy it worked out that way, though, me personally.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean It's the one real misstep in Julian Brisebois' sort of deadline playbook if you go back and look at it.
0: Yeah. And we all kind of Predicted it in the moment,
1: but we're like, all right, give uh, all right credit Speaking for to- yourself. I was terrified to say anything bad about it. I did think it in my heart of hearts, but I was sitting there going, mm, I don't know. I've but seen this movie. Remember before.
2: how much he was absolutely crushed in the Brandon Hagel trade? Mm.
1: Yeah. Worked Two out. Two well.
2: first round picks. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, really reasonable contract extension. Eight years, 52 million bucks, six and a half a year. And, oh, by the way, he had 30 goals and 64 points last year. Mm. And he's already up to 20 goals and 53 points this year. Mm -hmm. All right. Sources say not bad.
0: mm, Yes, it's not too bad. So Noah Hannafin, it feels like, is at the top of the pile when it comes to deadline acquisitions. He's a pending Mm -hmm. free agent. And, yeah, you mentioned it, that... Maybe Tampa is a place that he'd resign. There's indications that it's an American franchise, wherever it is, that there's going to be some trepidation. If there's a Canadian franchise in the mix for his services, I don't services. think there
2: is a Canadian franchise in the mix.
0: Okay. So that's what I was going to ask you. Like, is it, is it our teams just too afraid that he's one and done that they, they won't even enter the fray?
2: I believe so. And, and beyond that, it's a significant asking price and how many teams are truly willing to pay that for a pure rental.
1: Yeah, very few. I think this year kind of specifically with, you know, we've talked about it, the idea of there being, I don't know, you can talk yourself into there being less teams or more teams that, you know, aren't as good thinking they have a chance. I, I think you're right. There's going to be some, some element to that. Do you think that that can kind of change? Like if one of these suitors who potentially has a chance to, you know, extend him or maybe it's not an extension, but they end up getting there. Do you think that that can change if those teams don't kind of step up their price and then maybe Calgary does end up moving him towards more of a pure rental? Or do you think wherever he ultimately ends up going is going to have at the very least a very good shot of, of kind of signing him?
2: I mean, I think there's enough teams out there that think they have the ability to sway a player, right? Come here and, and see what it's like for two months, three months, whatever it is, and we'll see if we can convince you. Um, but I, I would tend to believe that this is the tough part for Calgary is they're dealing with an already limited market in terms of teams that actually have assets. I think there's plenty of motivated teams, but it's, it's assets and then also need not every contending team has a need for a left shot defenseman that does what Hannafin does. Mm. And that's part of the issue. So I, I think that's the real struggle for the flames is really trying to drum up a big enough market outside of Canada with teams that have assets to move it, it becomes even, even like keeping the Canadian thing part of it, you know, let's just say he, you can trade him anywhere. Cause you can, how many teams are like, I can't come up with more than five mm. teams that would be in the mix.
1: Yeah, I can't, I can't either. And, you know, I know we've had this conversation a million times, but you, you mentioned it there. I have to bring it up is that, Is that a problem for, you know, maybe not the league, but is it a problem for the league that this is not an uncommon thing we hear every single year of, I don't want to go to Canada. I don't want to go to Canada. I don't want to go to Canada. And the game needs to grow in the States and the bigger it gets in the States, the better it is for the entirety of the game. But you can't, like we can't forget about what it is here. Like, do you think it is a, you know, this isn't, this isn't baseball where it's a black eye that all these players aren't signed and we're into spring training already, but do you think it says anything or it's a kind of negative thing for the league that we so often hear this every single year of player X doesn't want to go to Canada. And, you know, I suppose you can say there are the odd players who add, I don't want to go play in the sunbelt where nobody cares, but I don't think we ever actually hear that. Frank, like, do you think it's a, it's a problem and the, there's nothing the league can we do, do about hear it. that
2: we just don't, they don't say it loud enough. There are plenty of players that like playing outside of the spotlight. Mm.
1: No, no, I, I have no problem believing there are players that pl- don't play outside of the spotlight. I'm saying we never hear it the other way, where a guy goes, are you kidding me? I'm never going to play in Florida. I only want to play where it matters, and I only want to be stressed out all the time because it's the center of the hockey universe. Like, like It does feel like that's strictly a one-way street. Maybe I'm wrong. We just don't hear about it.
2: No, I, th- I think... There's a lot of players that crave that, that even on, you know, the most talented, whoever it might be, sometimes it eats you up Mm. and spits you out. Mm. And not everyone's cut out for playing in the pressure cooker. But I personally don't think it's a problem. And I think Hannafin is a great example of why that is the case. He's a kid from Boston. Gets drafted in Carolina. Plays there and is traded to Calgary. And doesn't say boo. Likes it. Enjoys his time there. But lets the team know, hey, when it comes time for me to choose for the first time in my career at age 27, mm. I'd like to. My preference is to play in the U.S. What's wrong with that? No, I, I don't think anything. He, he, if he, if it was a different story and he, you know, stepped up after the trade from Carolina to Calgary and said, I ain't going there. Mm. That's when the league has a problem.
1: No, I don't I don't begrudge Hannifin or anything anybody to do that. I just think and you know, some of this stuff is overstated, but we see it all the time with the tax advantages that, you know, the low tax income states have and things along those lines. And if this is just another chip for kind of those teams, because you mentioned it, he's a kid from Boston and yeah, maybe he would have druthers a going back there, but there's also I'm sure a lot of people who would say, No, I'm good. Please get me out of a place where they, they, they care so much. Like I just I look at it and go, Yes, it's great that the game is expanding to all these other markets, but you still need people to want to play in the places Mm -hmm. where it does matter the most.
2: You're talking to an American who's now spent a decade working in Canada, and as all he ever wanted to be is a hockey writer, that's really the only place you can
0: do it. Yeah. All right, fair. Um, maybe this is far afield, but I I know you, you, you pay attention to baseball too. We had the Anthony Rendon conversation. I think there's a connected conversation here. I, I, first of all, did you see Anthony Rendon's quote from yesterday? I did not. Okay. So Anthony Rendon said in, in, uh, I'm paraphrasing slightly that like other things in my life, high priority over baseball. Like it's not a big priority for me. Like it's my job and I'm here and I do it. And I've made many hundreds of millions of dollars, and I have many hundreds of millions of dollars still coming to me to do this job. But it is to me just a job. And again, I'm I'm adding, you know, I guess, spin on the ball here. It, I think a lot of people took it this way, and there's evidence to, to to back this up that like the passion for the game has never really been there for that guy. Um, it's a different sport, and I think maybe. It's it's easier to to operate that way in a in a more like uh, I don't know skill based game like baseball as opposed to one that boy you do need some level of emotion in hockey but I think there's also a connection to what we're talking about here and some guys maybe not wanting the smoke of playing in a in a tougher market like Toronto do you think professional athletes need to love what they do or can they operate it can they operate in that world as it being just a job?
2: No, I think they need the burning compete and F fu- and fire. I really do. And I think it's, I think this is why teams have invested so much time and energy and, and treasure, frankly, as part of the draft process to really drill down on the personalities of these players through various testing to figure out who actually has the drive and who doesn't. Now that said, I think there's a really healthy component to having outside interests. Like I look at someone like Zach Hyman, for instance, and talk to him about his business interest, his video game company, his whatever he's into, crypto, whatever it might be. I think finding something outside of your compete that you can focus your attention on when you're not playing so you're not sitting at home stewing and brooding on whatever success or failure you might have at that given moment, that given flavor of the week for your game, because there's inevitably going to be ups and downs throughout the course of a season. I think that's incredibly healthy. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes the more or less Neanderthal thinking that NHL front offices have is oh no, we we can't pick a guy that's into all these other things. He likes art. Come it's on, Dougie we, Hamilton. That's, that's this guy's going to museums. What's wrong with him? Yeah. <laughs> he, why can't Hawk you Hall be a hell of a museum. defenseman and like to visit museums on your off days?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't uh I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't, I
2: don't hear anyone this, you know, this yeah. season blasting Jacob Truba for his his art.
1: No, they're too busy blasting him for him blasting guys. That's generally what we yeah, yell no, at Jacob Troop about. And no, I just want to be clear, I. But I, does
2: anyone question his his commitment or his his energy, his fire, his passion?
1: Well, I think, I think that's part of it, though, is that when you're Jacob Truba and you're getting into a fight every third game because you're taking a big run at a guy, it's pretty hard to say, hey, this player lacks emotion, but, you know, I can't I can't even think of a guy I want to pick on right now, but if you're someone who plays the game without emotion and a lack... Trevor Zegris is the guy that you always go to. You're right, to. actually. Let's pick on Trevor Zegres. <laughs> if you're Trevor Zegres and he's like, you know what I actually love is my art and my painting and I love the guitar, we'd go, hmm, maybe love those things a, a little bit less. So I think part of it it is like the personality of, of the player as well.
2: But that's why I mentioned teams are yep. investing so heavily in that is, is to find out before they even draft them because I, I can't, I'm not, I wouldn't share publicly, but I could give you a list of players that teams have looked at and have said, Ooh, that player did not score well. And then you find, you, you hear rumblings five years later. It's like, mm. Oh, that guy, he's only kind of interested. Mm. And you can see th- no shortage of talent. But the end result is a guy that had a, you know, a career where he only really just scratched the surface.
0: Mm. All right. Let's check in on our heart trophy conversation that we've already had, that we will have again. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that the discrepancy in points between Austin Matthews, who is on pace for more than 70 goals uh, and Nikita Kucherov in points. And this is a big one, 20 plus, but you do a little digging and maybe you handpick some stats too. Uh, Granted, like, so much of the you're difference. You went to the stat orchard and you're like, ooh, this are one you looks good. Me? No, I, he's talking about himself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, is it going to the stat orchard to talk about five on five primary I mean, points? mean, you said
2: orchard, and then I was thinking cider, and I was getting <laughs> more excited. <and> no, <laughs> no. Is we it, all are. Is it like cherry picking stats to say
0: Austin Matthews leads the NHL in five on five primary points? Is that like too hand picked? Because I can make the statistical case that. Yeah, because Austin Matthews doesn't have enough secondary points. That's why he's so far back in in the Art Ross chase.
2: Is it? No, I think that's a fair argument to present. Okay, do you agree with it? <laughs> <laughs> in terms of his heart case,
0: yes. Is he is he uh, is he the the lead dog right now?
2: He's not for me.
0: Mm, but you're a hater.
2: No, I'm not, and I get this all the time (laughs) because invariably someone will tweet me after and say, what's wrong with you? He's on pace for 74 goals, six hat-tricks. Clearly, you don't like this. Honestly, I may well vote Austin Matthews number one on my heart ballot, but I made this point yesterday with Justin and Ailish, and it's, I don't think we're giving nearly enough love or attention to Connor Hellebuck, and I'm not typically one who... Puts a goalie on my heart ballot because for one, they have their own award. And two, if we're really being serious, the most valuable player on every team, everyone's ballot every year would be five goalies.
1: Yep. For sure.
2: So I think it takes something truly exceptional. And I think this season for Connor Hellebuck falls into that category. Look at the jets. They've scored Almost 60 fewer goals this season than the teams that are leading their division.
1: Yeah, it's 60. No, what he has been asked to do has been head and shoulders above most people. And I think I think it is the like we do this in every sport, right, where the value come comes into play. And you're right, like goaltender, because if you don't have one, you, you can't do anything in this league. Go ask the Edmonton Oilers. We saw what happened with them earlier this year when they have the guy who starts the season is the de facto M- MVP every year. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on the idea of a Goaltender. In all honesty, if we're just being earnest to the nature of the award, should mm-hmm. win it. But I also think like we live in reality. That's why
2: and, I don't. Yeah. But that's why I don't put one on because then we'd we'd be having a different discussion nope. every year. Uh, and I, so, but my point this year is, in a year in which I think Kucherov, Matthews, and McKinnon. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to park McDavid to the side for a second. I'm yep. going to say those three guys are virtually indistinguishable in terms of who actually is more valuable mm-hmm. to their team.
1: Yeah, it kind of goes into what you think about the supporting cast, and I don't actually mean the supporting cast. I mean, like, the supporting stars that are surrounding those guys. Like, it gets into a quib- quibbling uh, about that. But one more uh Switching so, so, but doesn't turn.
2: that open the door to Hellebuck coming in and definitely getting votes. No, no, I, or I, shouldn't
1: it. I think it absolutely should. I have, I am not somebody who, I mean, again, we'll go to baseball on this. I don't think just cause pitchers have the Cy Young doesn't mean they can't win the, the MVP. I think you have to be truly transcendent to do it. And I think it's fair to make the case that I, I don't know that transcendent is the word, but he has been the reason that that team's been what they have been. I mean, I again, to me, 74 goals is also transcendent yeah, I wouldn't, six hat tricks. Well, so, so it's going to be, you know, 15 <laughs> points clear of anybody else yeah. It's it, there, like you said you can make these case for, or make a pretty good case for all these guys and we'll continue we won't ask you about it every week but I think maybe like by week we'll, we'll do a check in
2: uh, switching gears and then we can go weekly once we get close oh, to yeah. of, of
1: course I might we're even, not that
2: far away from that no
1: we're not like. and careful what you wish for because I might start texting you for daily updates <laughs> uh, <laughs> on, on that uh, in terms of in terms of back to the trade market for a second here obviously Hanifin is kind of the big fish in general but Specifically with defensemen, the, the guy I'm kind of most curious about is Sean Walker. And it's not so much just his market in terms of trade this year. We know the Flyers are in a playoff spot, so they don't necessarily have to move on from him. But what do you think his next contract looks like? And how much does that impact the going rate for what the Flyers get? Because there's been a lot of talk about Brad living and not wanting to move a first rounder for just a rental. If you think Sean Walker isn't going to break the bank and he's a guy who can help you, is that maybe the exact kind of threading the needle move that somebody like true living could be looking at of this is a guy who is it can be a part of the puzzle but i'm not moving heaven and earth to go get this number one defenseman that we constantly talk about what do you think the price is for him on a trade and what do you think the price is for him potentially on a contract
2: okay so i'm gonna rely on my friends at afp analytics who i think do a great job of breaking down contract projections you can find them on twitter at afp analytics they have Sean Walker. I'm not it's not the bible mm-hmm. for any by any means, but they have Sean Walker at 4 times 4.
1: Oh, I'm, I would do that. Like in a heartbeat okay. I would do that that Walker deal, I think personally. Do you like what do you make of that number?
2: I I think it sounds fair on the surface. Um I also think so much of it depends on deployment and how you use him and I think he's a solid defenseman that is not exceptional in any one area of the game. And he's he's a he's a good skater. He he thinks the game well. Like we did this whole breakdown on DailyFaceoff.com on his game mm-hmm. and what the market might look like and what the Flyers could get in return. They're still probably at the end of the day looking at a second round pick for him. Mm.
1: The one thing and the Leafs don't have.
2: The, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> by the way, the Leafs don't have any. <laughs> Uh, all right, but he's, he's probably not worth a first. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Not unless you're, I don't think he's worth a first unless you're extending him. And it is a, you know, it won't be team friendly. Cause why would he do that if he doesn't know the team, but it, it, it that's the only way that it makes sense. And again, it's like, this is his one chance to ring the bell. I don't think he's looking to give anybody a discount. So yeah, I'm with you there, Frank. Mm-hmm.
2: And he was like, let's remind everyone that, you know, in the NHL, Sometimes down is up, and beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But he, he is just coming off of a run in in L.A. where he was a salary cap casualty, and they couldn't wait to move him. Yeah, for He was a of scratch in the playoffs last year. Yeah,
1: for Provorov. Interesting trade for sure. Uh,
0: Frank, thanks as always, pal. Uh, always a pleasure. Have a good week. You too, buddy. Frank Sarvelli. Have friend. a good morning as well, Frank. Yeah, you can do both. Uh, Frank Sarvelli, president of hockey content for DailyFaceoff.com and this insider. It's brought to you by Don Valley, North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit Don Valley
1: DonValleyNorthLexus.com. You're getting an email. You do that yesterday. No bosses in the building. That <laughs> flies right under the radar. Today, everyone after, after everyone, after everyone didn't work yesterday, except of course for us, mm-hmm. bosses working overtime. And I also would just like to commend myself. I had an interaction in the kitchenette just now. Where somebody went, oh, how was the long weekend? And mm. the martyr in me did not go. Oh, you had a long weekend? Mm. I just said, oh, it was good. How was yours? So mm. we're all we're all learning, and growing. Oh, but here. you're a liar, though, because you didn't have a long weekend. No, I didn't. I, I, would Would it have been better if I <laughs> bit off Steve Steve Roberts' head from City News Six Eighty and went, oh, you had a long weekend? Must be nice. Uh, I don't think that would have been better. Not. Probably not. So I just probably. said, so I just said, great. How was yours? <laughs> That's yeah, probably the wise choice. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Uh, speaking of keeping things to yourself or espousing them publicly, yep. uh, we, had, we had... Back to Anthony Rendon? No. no. We already did that. And boy, I'm glad we did. That was so happy. cathartic. 15 minutes of I feel like talk we, radio. I feel like
1: we just did Frank. Like, Frank just became a sports fan after that. He's like, Anthony Rendon said what? I, I am
0: kind of surprised because... <laughs> no, well, no, he's working. He's working, yeah, man. This but is busy like, season. He's like... He's twofold. He's a, a baseball guy, and he's, he's online. like oh, he's, yeah. Yeah, And I that took seen. over it Twitter did. yesterday. Yeah. Anyways, besides the point, there are other things that didn't take over Twitter, but that were newsworthy, and one out of Blue Jays' camp. Again, t- uh, today's first full workout for the full squad. Vlad's taking BP, and he's going to speak to the assembled masses today. Could be some interesting comments about his arbitration hearing. We'll he was, be talking
1: about it tomorrow, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, he was uh, in the room for. But Justin Turner talked about his free agency and the fact that the four notable Scott Boris clients are still out there.
2: That's just frustrating, I think. I think it's frustrating, uh, obviously, for the guys in the free agency class. I think it's frustrating for, you know, a lot of teams around the league trying to figure out, you know, where, where some of these guys are going to go. And... Um, you know, I, I just, it's kind of, I don't know, a little bit of a black eye on baseball. You have all these guys that are, you know, all-star, Cy Young, you know, batting title, rookie of the year guys on the free agent market, market and they, they're having a hard time finding a job. I, I don't think it's a good look, so.
0: So when you say black eye for baseball, well, mm-hmm. two things happen for me. One, I think of Whitey Ford getting hit by pretzels. Okay. Do we call them Whitey Whackers. <laughs> okay. This is a black mark for baseball. But uh, secondarily, like, I think that's like, kind of that terminology is it it stands out Mm -hmm. in a sport in which we've had the black Sox scandal right like you think oh man is there something untoward happening Mm -hmm. is it a black eye for baseball that matt chapman and blake snell and cody bellinger those guys haven't signed yet black eye is too strong
1: it it is like i i would love to sit here and tell you tell you that it is because i love news and i love content and i love talking about stuff but if if shohei otani was unsigned it would be if next year Juan Soto is unsigned at this point in time, it, it will be, and I don't want to. I don't want to begrudge what all these players are like: Matt Chapman, Gold Glover, Blake Snell, Cy Young winner, but they're not Shohei Otani and Juan Soto. Like These are very important players and they will be important players for whatever team they ultimately end up on. But I think part of it is that we're almost used to this in baseball. Like I thought it was a black eye when Machado took a thousand years to sign his big deal with the Padres, but maybe I'm just used to it by now and I've given up the fight. Maybe it's that Blake Snell is a little less sexy than Manny Machado, and that's part of it. A lot less sexy. Sorry, Blake Snell. The last time you were sexy is when we were all on your side when you were a Ray. Mm -hmm. That was the last time you've been sexy and ever since we kind of forgot so i agree with turner in the sentiment of you want these guys signed you want them playing you want stuff to talk about to kind of bleed you through the offseason but a black eye maybe is a bit of a strong term for me
0: No, nah, I, I think it's it's fine <laughs> <laughs> honestly and even like the the oh well we need stuff to talk about it's actually been great. We've been able to talk about it for forever. Mm. And you can talk about yeah, would, any team I being involved do a, on those guys. I, I
1: could just do a rumor, I guess, is what I'd say. Is like, could we do all no, oh, this we've uh, heard like some the, stuff? The Bellinger is really like, am I missing stuff? And we heard Snell. I feel like Snell. S-
0: so there's a report now that the Yankees do have an offer on the table for Blake
1: Snell. Mm. I just saw like three articles going around, who knows who they're from, of like, why the Yankees will not be mm-hmm. in on the Well,
0: and uh, you know, who, you, you must, media consumer, understand the source of the information yes, that you yes, yes. ingest and what ulterior motives might exist amongst those. Are there some that have very close relationships to perhaps the, the agent in question? Mm. There, there is. And you just you do a little digging and you will, you will find that there is perhaps an ulterior motive to, to things being indicated mm-hmm. in, in such regard. But anyways, doubt Scott Boris at your own peril. Honestly, I feel the same way about Scott Boris. I feel about Patrick Mahomes. It's like, yeah, maybe maybe Patrick Mahomes is eventually going to lose, like maybe, maybe, maybe he won't make an AFC championship game. I need to see the body first yeah. before I start saying that he's dead. I need to see Scott Bar- uh, Boris literally get fired by one of these guys because it's gone so poorly mm-hmm. and say, "I can't take it anymore. Yeah, I don't this think is, that's happening. You told me that this would go. Into spring training and February and like maybe into March, but I can't. No, this is this is not going to end up well for me. Get out of here, Scott. I'm out of here. I'm taking somebody else, uh, their lead, and I'm going to sign my contract. That might be for less than you could have gotten me, but I can't take the stress anymore. Mm-hmm. Until that happens, we got to we got to defer to the goat. He- <laughs> He's he's the goat of, of baseball agents. Scott Boris gets it done. Of,
1: might just be the goat of agents.
0: Maybe. Sorry, Rich Paul. Yeah, maybe. Um and yeah, you're right to point out the Machado Harper offseason, same deal. Like we had the exact it's so, like we had the exact two conversations. Yep. One, like, are those guys going to get their money? And two, this is horrible for baseball because this what? is taking We're,
1: so long. Well, one of them worked out better better than the other. We've had a lot of Bryce Harper conversations, mm-hmm. much much less uh, Manny Machado's Machado. performance. Oh no! Uh, the last thing I'd say about this is: Would you feel any differently if it wasn't just Boris clients or the vast majority Boris clients? Like, how do you feel about it that it is one agent that seems to be taking this tact, and he's the most important one? I don't mm-hmm. want to overstate that. Would you feel differently if this was kind of industry standard practice and every agent was doing this and every free agent? That's never going to happen because, guess what, for every player who knows they're going to get their money, there are guys who are dying to sign once they're offered something. So I don't think you would see that. But would you feel differently about it if it wasn't all or the vast majority Boris clients Um, of it being bad for the game? I I don't think you'd feel any differently about Boris. He's still the GOAT in in your eyes.
0: Yeah, he's the GOAT, and I, I think... It's hard to imagine that because Scott Boris has the best free
1: agents, yeah, right? Like that's
0: them. that's the entire conversation about free agency and the slow pace of it in this year and years previous is about the best players. Mm-hmm. And it's it sucks for the guys that are below those guys, right? Like the second the Tommy fans of the world yeah. are the guys that you really do feel bad for. because I don't like, feel
1: bad for him because he left the Super Bowl, so he's doing just fine in his sure, life.
0: <laughs> but the guys with that ilk and Justin Turner might have Felt the crush of this, that J.D. Martinez is still out mm-hmm. there. And, like, yeah, he's got like somebody's backup plan, and you don't get to sign until the big boys yep. sign. Um Tough And, and th- that hurts your market. Yeah, I, again, I, I don't view it as a, a significant, significant issue. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, as mentioned earlier in today's show, Santana coming to Budweiser stage this summer. On June 26th, will uh, they're coming with Counting Crows as part of the Oneness Tour to enter for chance to win tickets. Text in today's code word, Evil Ways to 590, 590. Again, that's Evil Ways to 590, 590. Today, the last day we're giving away tickets to this event. If you don't win with us, tickets now officially on sale at Ticketmaster.ca. When we come back, coming up on Thursday, 8 p.m. on City TV and City TV Plus, it is Law & Order, Toronto, Criminal Intent. Dun, dun. We'll talk to a couple of the, the stars of that program, Aidan Young and Casey Collins, next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
1: Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkers podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify,
2: or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: In Toronto's war on crime... I'm Detective Graff. This is Detective Bateman. The worst offenders are pursued by the detectives of the Specialized Criminal Investigations Unit. These are their stories.
0: Good morning show, Sportsnet of The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Oh, you hear the music. Thursday, 8 p.m. on City TV and City TV Plus. You can watch Law & Order Toronto, Criminal Intent. We are happy to be joined by a couple of the stars, Aiden Young and Casey Collins. Good morning. Uh, hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for doing this. How's it going?
3: Absolutely fine. Lucky to be here. To be <laughs> up at this hour. <laughs> Putting together some more. This hour? It's almost uh, it's
0: cool. not. We've been up since four. <laughs>
3: My no.
1: bedtime is in an hour and change. You guys complaining, yeah. No, uh, I'm uh, super excited about the show. Uh, I, I was just
0: mentioning I got to watch a bit of the screen of the first episode that a show as iconic as Law and Order coming to the city of Toronto. Both of you guys' connections to the city, what, what does it mean to be bringing this show to the city of Toronto?
4: Well, I mean, uh, for me, if- Uh, it's 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 a dream come true to be honest it's fantastic and and to do it in such a fashion right um it's it's just right now it's feeling
3: unreal yeah i've got i've got a sense you know just landing here you know seeing your ugly mug up on every you know (laughs) billboard and He's talking about himself, not you, Bob. I was talking about your ugly mug. Oh, no, I was talking about you. Our our, our ugly mug. Our ugly mug. Yeah, yeah. Misery loves company. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's right. No, it just feels great. You know, I've been wandering around the city looking for something to buy for my kid's birthday yesterday, (laughs) and I was stopped by a lot of people going, you know, who's going to jail today? Thought, oh, Jesus. Oh, the show, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so when you got, like, I mean,
1: obviously you guys both, you know, working for a long, long time. What's it like being attached to something that people have such kind of familiarity with, right? Like, obviously you do different projects and you, you read a script or you read mm-hmm. a story and you think this is interesting. But it's one thing to think that and it's another thing to think everyone has an understanding of what this is coming into it, such a kind of iconic brand. What's it mean well, for I you guys to
3: be attached to that? For me, I didn't actually have that much of an idea. Right. You know, okay. I'd seen a couple of episodes Maybe you know at a hotel over the years, but uh, I remember when I was navigating whether or not to do it. My stepdaughter uh, walked in and she said, uh, "What's what's going on?" I said, "Oh, there's a show in Toronto, Law and Order." And she mm-hmm. said, "If you don't do it, I'm out of the house." <laughs> <laughs> so I that was when I began to understand what it means to people, and especially what it means to bring it to Toronto. Mm-hmm. You know, um, everyone yeah. when when I arrived, everyone was so excited when they heard that's what we were doing here. So, yeah. both of
0: you guys have connections to Toronto, yeah. as I mentioned.
3: Now, now, Aiden, you live in
0: Australia right now, right? Yeah, I do. So, you, and you, yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of an Australian accent yeah, there. I, was, yeah, I could do it. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you, but you grew up around these parts, right? And I, I, I saw you at the game yeah. on Saturday yeah. at Scotiabank Arena. And what is the connection to you and
3: the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, is, uh, my father used to work as, as the editor of the program there. Mm-hmm. You know, so on uh, CBC. Yeah. And back back then it was a situation where it wasn't so much about stats. It was about what are the names of Daryl Sittler's dogs? <laughs> you know, mm. or, or, and so he would have the Leafs over, you know, and we as young hockey fans with very um, limited screen time. <laughs> we were allowed to watch Hockey Night in Canada. Mm-hmm. And so they were to us. They were the gladiators. They were the mm. champions. They were the gods, the idols. And, um, so one day I remember walking into the living room and there was Boyer song and I, I just, I thought, why did dad bring home Frankenstein? (laughs) You know. Cut on his face. I mean, he's just huge. (laughs) You know, as a, as a five-year-old kid, I, I, I still remember that, you know, and, and so to be at the Leafs game the other night and to see them wallop, who were they playing? Anaheim. Anaheim. Um, was just a joy. Mm -hmm. It was a real
0: joy. Yeah. (laughs) Your dad co-wrote Honky the Christmas Goose is what I read on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> People are unfamiliar. Johnny Bauer has yep. like a Christmas song, yep. Legendary Leafs Goalie, where he sings in air quotes. How sp- dare you?
1: <laughs> Don't disparage him. Honky
0: boy. the Christmas Goose. Your dad co-wrote that song.
1: I think he wrote it. Okay, Wikipedia <laughs> yeah. says co-wrote. Okay. Mm, gotta well, gotta go get him the credit properly on there.
3: Right. Um, but what happened was that uh, dad was looking to do a charity song, you know, mm-hmm. for, for um, some charity around Toronto. He, he was very much into that. And uh, he decided he wanted one of the Leafs to sing it. So he, he went straight into the dressing room and he said, I got a song. You know, I want somebody to sing it. And everyone just got out as quick of as they course. could. And of course, there was only the goalie still taking his gear off. And so poor Johnny Bauer was lumped with what then became a chart charting song. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's the most appropriate song in today's um, <laughs> whatever, you know, yeah. but it's it's legendary in our house anyway
1: yeah know. it is I mean it's it's so funny the way stuff like that that comes out and I mean it it is funny right like these things take on a life of their own and like again like you guys you know both have little sporting background sports fans it's just funny to think that you could do that in that day and age like again we spend here picking over the carcass of everything for three hours every day it's like we'd be talking about if these guys are serious enough if they're sitting here recording <laughs> Christmas songs like it's yeah. just so funny it, how things have changed I mean you've got uh, you, you've got some connections to the city you got your own uh, a- athletic background as well mm-hmm. you know I, I know you played a little little College baseball as well. Like, what is uh, what's your your kind of connection to to the sporting world? Any any Toronto connections as well?
4: Oh yeah, well, I mean, I grew up in the city, um, um, from Jane and Weston Road. And, Man, I uh, um, I went to Weston Collegiate, so that's so then, right around the corner there there for you me. Go bro. absolutely, and so um with regards to me, I mean, you know, I sports was my life. um I, I started playing hockey at nine, and. Um, I, I, can I give a shout out? Of, yeah, course. of course, I got to give a shout out to the Duretts, Mike and Susie, who were, um, <laughs> yeah, they were, they, they were just, they, they're the ones that pushed me into hockey, and it was, it was so valuable for me. And um, he, uh, Mikey, by the yeah. way, looks like Wendell Clark, <laughs> um, so um, I just want to put that out there. And um, so yeah, so I played, you know, I, st- I was playing until I was not. Ni- I, st- I started when I was nine, and then baseball was the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually, um. The Sky Dome, which is now the Rogers Center, let's make that clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was there, it was the Sky Dome. I used to actually work at the Sky Dome. I was a vendor. I used to go oh up yeah. and down those aisles. You better believe it. I, I used to what carry extra vend? Coke, popcorn, okay. but I would Not carry extra. Guys.
0: I feel like the beer guys are the loudest.
4: The yeah. beer guys are the loudest, um, but they're also, I feel like they're the weakest.
0: <laughs> um, I didn't realize it was yeah. like infighting. Oh,
3: I this. Like yeah. It's a vendor. Yeah, 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 there yeah. Be
4: there careful. is. There is. <laughs> Um so that was fantastic and that that really just um you know it that's the that's the beauty of sports is that you really get into the fabric of of everything that it has to offer and um you know being a part of the, the then sky dome now Rogers Centre was just a joy it was just that the, it was just there's something Poetic about it. How
0: can you skip over what it seems pretty clear on your Instagram page that you yeah. threw out a first pitch at, at a Blue Jays
4: game? Yeah, I bra- I, come on. What you do, do you do, like? Come on. Well, you know what? Okay, here, I'm I'm gonna brag. Yes, but yes. I threw out a first pitch, and it was. But that first pitch had nothing to really do with my um, my brilliance or my or my <laughs> um, specialties. It really just had to do with I actually. Someone was it a typo in. it was a someone <laughs> <laughs> someone K- the Collins. Game, the game was I think the game was rigged um someone put me into a contest and and um it had a whole bunch of sports questions and stuff like that, and I ended up winning um that contest and throwing out the first pitch but um i already threw out a pitch before that anyway at the oh, skydome so. multiple yeah. first okay well <laughs> we gotta ask that.
1: You, you know you seem pretty comfortable with it like how'd they go did you bounce it oh no no no, 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 no of course not no. no. <laughs> there was no bouncing on that first pitch
4: there was bouncing when i when i played in the Sky yeah. Dome and and uh through some pitches there was some bouncing there that was called nerves <laughs> for sure and uh but yeah uh, again, I've seen
0: the show. It looks uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to watch it. It's starting on Thursday, eight p.m. City TV, City TV Plus. I have a question about the mechanics of the show, mm. and and one specific part of it. A show like this with our dead bodies. How
1: do I become a dead body?
0: Like, how do I become a dead body extra?
1: Which one of us actually would be the better
3: dead body extra is also what I wanted to know about. Well, l- well you know, from what I've just heard about the, you know, the infighting at Rogers. Yeah. I think you could become a dead
0: body. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Probably uh, out of my own. Yeah. Casey, why don't you hit the button? <laughs>
1: Honestly, (laughs) how how do I get one of those? You gotta die. (laughs) Honestly, I've had worse deals offered to me. I have. I've had worse deals. Again, like I, uh, I also got to to check out a a little bit of it, and you know, it's just it's one thing to have a like kind of iconic property coming, but to have it attached to the to the city as well. I mean, you know, I don't want to spoil anything from the season, but you know, specifically you being a being a Toronto guy, are there any storylines that felt like particularly ripped from Toronto? did you try to kind of keep things uh, a little more fresh in that regard uh yeah yeah
4: you know everything is for me I just try to keep things fresh yeah. and um you know what I do enjoy about I just here's the thing I wanted to make sure that I could do something and and, and a lot of the times i I, I really had to focus on this because we're just so used to working in the uh in sort of the 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 u s structure of things uh-huh. and you know that i i just tried to inject a, a few little things um that i'm not going to say sure, here yeah, yeah. if you see them, you see them. if you don't mm-hmm. you don't if you hear it, you canadian hear it if you show. don't you don't yeah 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 but i tried no i tried to inject some mm-hmm. really specific canadian things mm-hmm. um and to see you know if 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 sort of what 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 do we usually call those they're like um um, like an ad lib, yeah, no, no, no. they they're Easter they're, eggs, Easter eggs. Okay. Thank hey, you. God. Yeah, well, you know, um, my own
3: little Easter eggs. So, um, you know, to to sort of pay homage to to my city. You know, in all the stories, each episode is based on, or, or you know, is is a story that's inspired by a headline, right? You know, and then the the beauty of the writers is that they take that headline and they turn it into something else completely. But, but we, you know, there's there's things that. And I think that's going to be really interesting for anyone who's, you know, especially people from Toronto, but also all over the country are are going to find is that, you know, they're going to see themselves, they're going to see their neighborhoods, they're going to see their their stories unfold in a way they've never seen before. We had actors on board um, who were saying, you know, what, I'm I'm allowed to talk with my Canadian accent, (laughs) (laughs) you know, Um, and encouraged it. I had to go back and have a dialogue, uh, a dialect coach. For me, because I'd been living in Australia for a while, and, and also I'd been working in the U.S., and, you know, and, and I had to sit down and, and retrain myself. But these guys were so happy to, to be there, yeah. to be, be part of the city, and to be, uh, you know, uh, essentially promoting a show about, about the life of the city. Mm. You know? no.
0: And it and was great sister. to just see the city. Again, yes. Like I
3: watched the, the first
0: episode. It's great to see the city in the summer.
3: One because- <laughs> oh my God. Uh, well. one, of, one of the cast has just invited us to a screening when It screens on Thursday night. And she said, you know, we'll have a shot every time we see the CN Tower. And I'm, <laughs> no. I'm not it's going. we will <laughs> <laughs> be dead. You know, there's no way on earth. Well, just I'm an jo- old man.
4: Absolutely. Well, just the joy of just the posters. Mm-hmm. Just seeing the CN Tower in the background of the poster. Just that that. The joy that I feel from that alone. Yeah. That's, that's good enough for me.
0: Yeah. You bro, know, it's awesome. Can't yeah. wait again to see it. Thursday, 8 p.m., City TV, City TV Plus. Aiden Young, Casey Collins uh, joining us today. Thanks so much for doing this, yeah, guys. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you for having it. us. To be appreciate here. it.
4: This has been the Fan Morning Show. Sports at 590 The Fan.